episode 45 taken into the max sports podcast with your host max murphy with sam ashley it's been a while how are you what's up man how are you good we had a do you know about the blockbuster deal we had i did i i got a notification about it and i freaked out i think every sports fan whether you're an nba fan or not and i've kind of trickled away from the nba and more into college basketball maybe that was uh, had to do with me going to Syracuse. Maybe it had to do with load management. There's a couple things, but the NBA never fails with the blockbuster trades, um, especially in the off season. And this one will give some buzz to three teams that were in. I, I this usually is why brought, people are fans, dude. Yeah, this is- exactly. I usually brought you in last year for college and college football and NFL but I think you're the new NBA guy from what I heard a couple weeks ago when we, when you were down in Arizona. So I'm going to present this crazy deal. Um, didn't see a three teamer, but it happened. Uh, here we go. Can you see it? It's low. There it is. Yeah, I got it. Okay. So Adrian Wojnarowski, a Woj bomb came in, <laughs> dropped on everyone today. Uh, Lillard goes to Milwaukee as part of a three-team deal with Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, uh, Kamara, don't know how to say the first name, a 2029 unprotected protected Milwaukee first round and unprotected Milwaukee swap, swap picks in 2028 and 2030 to the Blazers. Phoenix gets Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson. Absolutely blockbuster. What are your first initial thoughts on this trade? Yeah, I'm a big Damian Lillard guy. I'm a homer. So I think the, the Blazers are still my favorite team. But, man, I might be a Bucks guy now, just right below the Blazers. I really like it for the Bucks, just because I think that it expands what was – I mean, you saw in the playoffs was a limited offensive potential. It was yeah. definitely the classic build a wall against Giannis and you can't do much. And so I think the addition of someone with the perimeter gravitational pull that Damian Lillard has – only is going to open up the offense to whether you get a pick and roll with him and Giannis. Are you going to commit two to the 35 foot three pointer that Damian Lillard can hit at a 40% clip? Or are you going to commit two guys to the role of maybe what is now one of the freakiest athletes and maybe could become the best role man ever in the NBA history, just because of his freak athleticism. I think the offensive potential outweighs maybe the defensive side where you see a severe drop off (laughs) from to put it lightly a severe drop off from Damian Lillard to Drew Holiday but I think the Bucks perspective shows that you've got the freak tall guys you've got Brooke Lopez in there at like seven seven foot one and then Giannis is just a freak in there too it's the perfect defensive scheme to hide a player like Damian Lillard and then like I said the offense just outweighs any other cons that you could think of the depth might be an issue but I think they have players there like Malik Beasley's still there. I mean, just just got there. It could maybe hit like 40% on five or six threes. That's really all you'd need. Bobby Portis is still there, so they have a little bit of depth to work with. But I think the Bucks, I would definitely give them at least an A- minus, probably if I had to give them a grade. What do you think about the Bucks? Ironically, um, when I first saw this trade, first thing, and it's ironic because Phoenix is in this trade, but first thing I thought about was Kevin Durant last year to the Suns because Mm -hmm. I initially was like, I don't know if there's a team that can stop DeAndre Aiden, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul. 
Turns out there's one basketball and four stars. This is a different scenario. Um, I really like that Kevin Durant trade last year. I thought they were going to go. I thought they were going to win it. What happened, I think a big thing was losing your defense. Like Mikel Bridges for that team last year turned out to be huge because we saw him go to the Nets and tore it up, not just offensively, but stayed the great defensive player that he was. He's also a scrappy player. Um, I think every team needs a Dylan Brooks, needs a Marcus Smart, needs a Drew Holiday, and needs a Grayson Allen. These were two pieces that obviously had to go if Damian Lillard was coming in, but two pieces that I don't think it's them over. I really, really like these guys um, because they're scrappy, because they're like a Marcus Smart. And we saw it in the playoffs. Nuggets had those guys, a lot of them, role players, defensive scrappy guys. Christian Braun being a rookie, making a big impact from Kansas. I think he's kind of like a Drew Holiday and a Grayson Allen can hit the three, but obviously. He's extremely physical. He's extremely physical. He's got a low center of gravity. Yeah, plays a different position than those two guards. But I think those two guys are huge for not only their depth, but their perimeter defense, uh, where they're going to really take a big drop. And we don't know up until the season, maybe even midway through the season, if they can get some of these guys back, like these defensive guards, um, scrappy guys, which I think you need in a championship team. We saw with the Nuggets last year. Kawhi Leonard was filled with them when he was with the Raptors. That's I all think, he, re- he had a bunch of those guys. I think it's really going to uh, chalk it up to scheme. I know we saw Mike Budenholzer last year and for the last couple of years almost have like an inability to make adjustments in-game, post-game, you know, halftime adjustments. He really couldn't do any of that. So I think there's a lot of pressure now with the move on Adrian Griffin, who's their new head coach. Yep. And it'll be interesting to see the kind of defensive schemes that he can put up. Cause like I said, in an ideal world, you'd want a poor perimeter defender to have just trees in the paint that he can force to. So he can just play up on those threes and then sort of force everything else down low. So, and, I mean, I mean, like you said, Brooke Lopez and Giannis can be those two down low. That can, yeah, I mean, Brooke Lopez can, finished second or third. I know he finished top three for sure in defensive player of the year last year. Yeah. He is 36, but I mean, he can still hit the three and he finished top three in defensive player of the year last year. And Giannis is a former defensive player of the year. So I don't think they're necessarily like at a, at a zero defensively. It's just going to come really down to what, you know, Adrian Gifford can come up with at a scheme. But that's interesting because the Sun, from the Suns perspective, they moved DeAndre Ayton, but their coach, their new coach, Frank Vogel, is known as like this defensive whisperer, this or this big man whisperer. And he recently said that they need a defensive anchor at the five. And then they bring in Yusuf Nurkic, who is n- maybe yeah. the opposite of that, especially after his calf injury last season. He just doesn't have the burst. Again, that'll be another interesting thing to see where what he kind of schemes. Maybe he'll have Yusuf Nurkic in that drop position on on screens, but I think that's what's really interesting from the Suns is that it's it's a lot of changing and see how these coaches are going to react to this trade too. Um, I think this trade also reminded me two very different players, Kyrie Irving and Damian Lillard while they're at the same position, two different players, uh, Luka Doncic and Giannis Antetokounmpo where Luka doesn't play defense, but he's an obviously very skilled offensive Mm -hmm. player. It reminded me also of the trade last year with Kyrie Irving going there. And here's where I see the similarity. Two ball-centric guys, Sam. 
Damian Lillard and Giannis need the ball to be great. I really question. I know. I, I guess it has to be proven, and I know it can be proven when you have two superstars like these guys, but they're going to have to prove that they can live without the ball because Damian Lillard in Portland never had that. I mean, yes, um, can't or CJ McCollum was great. He wasn't obviously on the same level as Antetokounmpo. So Damian Lillard had the ball a lot. He had to kind of carry the team. Giannis throughout even the championship while he had a Chris Milton, kind of like a role, kind of like a star, like CJ mm-hmm. McCollum for Damian. He had the ball a lot and he needed to for his team to thrive. Um, I really wonder if these two kind of like Kyrie and Luca last year, two great offensive players can work together because we saw Kyrie and Luca weren't able to last year. I know it's different because you're getting a better defender, Giannis, than you are Luca, but that's one of my scares with this with this blockbuster deal. I think there's two sort of responses to that. There's the first thing I would bring up is transition basketball. So I feel like, like I said, Damian Lillard is maybe the second best shooter in the league right now. Arguably, not arguably the first, but arguably second to third. 100%. And so I think that that gravitational pull that I talked about earlier, he's running in transition. You have to account to where he is because if you if you can just get him a catch and shoot three in transition, he'll take that all day and hit that at a high percent clip. But then you also have the best transitional player in Giannis again, where he's running the court. And if he passes half court, he can get to the rim in two dribbles. So I think that's where you're going to find the open up space. And then half court, I think Giannis is sort of proven to be where he wants to win. And I think he'll understand that in a half court sense, Damian Lillard is a person you want making the decisions. And I think Giannis will gladly take oops to the oops to the rim where he's not having to, you know, defend against someone who's sitting back on him 30 feet. He can sort of set his feet into the paint because you have to have pressure on Damian Lillard or else he's going to hit all these threes. But I think it sort of opens up. And like I said, it all comes down to coaching and what Adrian Griffin can do to open up these two guys. It is definitely um, a piece that the Bucks needed to get back to because we haven't seen a healthy Chris Milton for a long time. It's a piece that they needed where I think it, this trade benefits them. It's a piece where they needed to get back to their championship form, right? So I think that it helps them in that case. Now, do you do you wonder if well, first of all, we have to see what happens with Harden. But do you wonder if they're now favored over the Celtics and the Sixers? I think I saw that the betting odds were changed where they're actually the favorites to win the championship, which I think I disagree with. But I do – I would have them winning the East right now because I don't think that they're done making moves. I think that if we if we go into May and we look at the roster of the Bucks, it's not going to look the exact same as it does now. I think it'll be constructed a little differently, maybe hopefully a little bit more complimentary to the two stars that they have. Hopefully Chris Middleton, he played a little better in the playoffs when he came back from injury, but he obviously wasn't back to pre-injury self. I think that's going to be really interesting to see how the team evolves as we get closer and past the deadline. That's, that's what I would look for. Any pieces or any guards, I guess, that are similar to uh, the two guys that they saw last Grace or um sorry Grayson Allen or Drew Holiday do you think that they could go get and replace those two guys off the top of your head 
not off the top of my head. It's all, like I said, it's all situational. It's very, the NBA is very polarizing and can change really quickly. So if you have a team where like you have, uh, I don't know how feasible it is, but the Raptors, how they're trying to, you know, play between this contend slash rebuild situation. If they could commit to a full rebuild, or if you get a team like the Bulls, if you get an, if you could get Alex Caruso, if you get the Bulls right. not playing very well and they start selling on their stars, if you can get an Alex Caruso in there, a six six defensive guy who has made an all defensive team before, would be a perfect glue guy for that team. Yeah. But it all depends, you know, if they're at the trade line and the Bulls are playing really well, they're not obviously going to want to move off of a guy like Alex Caruso, but. I think right. that's a perfect guy where you could fit in that defensive position and who's played a role, a complementary role in a championship setting before. So you would take these two guys because right now it looks like it's these two guys and a bunch of role players over the Celtics, Sixers, Raptors, again, not really the Nets, um, the and the Bulls, the Heat, Heat's Heat are they're always in it, but I don't ever know how. They had I mean, one of the worst off seasons after losing Gabe Vincent, losing Max Struess, and then not bringing in a player due to lazy, lazy GMing. I think that Pat Riley sort of had this thought he had it in the bag and didn't want to change their offer for the last two to three months. I think that, but yeah, to get back to your point, I do think that they compete. I think the Celtics are really the only other team that sort of at this point the way ro- rosters are currently constructed that sort of could go head to head with the Bucks skill wise. And they're a lot deeper. So, I mean, we just saw the nuggets prove that you need a deep team to win because they had guys, you know, their six man, Bruce Brown was one of the most integral parts of their championship. Yeah. So it's really going to come down to see if it's that depth or if, you know, Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo have that star power to overcome that. That's, that's what scares me. Uh, Drew Holiday and Grayson, Allen leaving. I guess that's the only scare I have other than you're bringing in the second best. I mean, I think, I don't know if it's arguable, the second best. While you could argue that he hasn't played a full season in a while, whether it's due to injury, contract negotiations, whatever you want. I think last year he skipped the last entire month of basketball. But, I mean, he dropped 71 right before that and didn't play, not because of injury. It was sort of just – time for him to shut it down and i think whether he's just elvis prime or still in it he's the second best um point guard in the league um so you're bringing in that guy who's going to compliment um Giannis. while i think it hurts the team more to get rid of these two defensive guards um then it helps to bring in damien but obviously like i said i think they can make it work when you have two guys like that that have been around the league for a while now and that are just so skilled I think they and, and want to win. They both and have the drive to win. Hundred percent. Because last week, Giannis, you know, one, dissed the Bucks for not doing enough to want to win a championship. Yeah. They've kind of proved that here. And one hasn't even sniffed a Western Conference Finals, a conference. Yeah, I think. I think all. I think he has two Western Conference Finals appearances, and they're both off the back of unreal buzzer beaters in in different series. If you remember that play against Paul George against like and, just and over. Shots, um, what was Derek Rhodes? Was it, it was the, I think it was oh, the Rockets. Right. It was the, yeah, Rockets. Yeah, the Rockets. He sent them home. That was when LaMarcus Aldridge was there, who was also probably yeah. either the first or second best player that Damian has ever played with. So this is going to be a change. Like I said, so much attention is going to have to go somewhere. I mean, we haven't even talked about the Portland side of this either, though. What do you think about we're, the sort of package that they're getting back? Yeah, that's what I wanted to move into. Um, I 
before we move into it, I am scared that the Celtics weren't able to beat the Bucks before the trade. And I'm just as scared after the trade because I still haven't seen it from <laughs> Jason Tame is very skilled. I think you know my take on him. Jason Tame is not a one. Um, Chris bring in Chris Hops Porzingis, who I haven't seen play really well in a big role since his rookie year and who hasn't stayed very healthy since then. I know statistics wise, he had a good year last year with the Wizards, but I don't know if Chris Hops gets them over the hump. hump. Um, bringing back Jalen Brown was obviously huge. But then my biggest thing was for the Celtics. Marcus Smart was the heart and soul of this team for probably the last close to 10 years. And yeah, like I said yeah. about shipping Drew Holiday, and while everyone hates Grayson Allen, he loves that shit because he's going to bring it every night. He's going to use his five fouls and he's going to use them hard um, or his six fouls. And I think Marcus Smart is that kind of guy that it's so tough to overcome unless you replace him with like, let's say Drew Holiday, which they didn't. And I don't, I don't know. I right now, before the trade and after the trade, I still have the Bucks over because I still haven't seen Tatum take that number one on and be able to be that super max star that they are going to pay him to be. So I have the Bucks still favored. Um, Sixers, especially if they don't hold on to James Harden or if they get something big out of James Harden, don't really see them as a threat. I think uh, Celtics will knock them off before Bucks can even get to them. But yeah, let's go on to so here we got the Trailblazers um getting Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton. Do you know this Tumani Kamara? No, I don't. I've and then never heard of him. A couple pick swaps, which doesn't mean much, but I love Drew Holiday and Ayton going in and mixing in with the young good players that the Blazers have. Anthony Simmons and Scoot Henderson being the main two. I really like this veteran, these two veteran guys that are going in to help Scoot and help Anthony. I think these are two big pieces for the Trailblazers, even though they're in a rebuild mode. Do you think they hold on to these guys or do they ship them? I've already seen Woj talk about how they're looking to ship Drew Holiday. Now, I don't know if that's going to be before the preseason, which starts, I think, next Thursday. Uh, it's definitely... I think if it happens, it'll be more towards in the season. And I, I agree with you. I think I look forward to the leadership that a Drew Holiday can play. I think he's a veteran's vet. He's some guy that can establish a culture there, even for a limited time, that a young player can learn for. Young players don't like to play defense. Drew Holiday likes to play defense. I sort of yeah. feel like he can kind of wear off on them. Aiden, I don't think they're going to move. I think they wanted Aiden. Well, especially if they're getting their pitch. Yeah, without without no, uh, he's an eighteen and ten guy who's solid, and I think this sort of role can open him up to see what he could really become. I mean, he was a number one overall pick, and That's very true. I, yeah, I think the pick and roll will only help Scoot Henderson develop his his IQ playing the game and his feel for the game as as an NBA player. I I really like Aiton there. He's a solid rebounder. And then if, if Drew Holiday doesn't stay for that long, they're still going to get some sort of assets for him. So I feel like that's only a positive as well. I gave him a B- minus for the trade just because, uh, I don't know. They they definitely – Because of the sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> giving, up the, giving up the team for the past 10 years. 
Those well, like also it. those are two not amazing contracts. They're not terrible, but like you hope Aiden can progress and sort of achieve what his contract is worth. I think he's on that max deal. Yeah. And then Drew Holiday's close to that max deal. So if they can move him for assets, that'll be a positive. And if not, you really hope and he probably will, sort of like a Fred Van Vliet in Houston, sort of help establish that culture. I know the Trailblazers and they made it really clear that they're trying to rebuild now. I really think they should hold on to these two guys despite the contracts, like you said, because it takes them from starting the season out, okay, can we win 30 to 40 games this year? Mm -hmm. Into, can we really make the playoffs with Drew Holiday and DeAndre Ayton? And then these two young guys and then a bunch of role players. I wouldn't even even count out these young guys. Shaden Sharp is... Shaden be entering Sharp. his second yeah. year. He's got a 49-inch vertical. I think he shot 38 from he's three. I, yeah, he he's someone to look out for as well. I'm really big on Shaden Sharp. If, if you need to know anything about Shaden Sharp, the guy didn't play in college and was a top ten pick. The guy yeah, didn't. Yeah. The guy didn't play a game out of high school and he's a top ten pick. That's all you need to know about Shaden Sharp. He's really good. Um, which can be scary at times. Where you're like. Holy shit, how can you take the gamble? How can you risk picking someone that high who hasn't even played out of high school? But that's how good the guy is and how highly recruited he was. I really do think these two guys, though, you hold on to them and you see where they can, at least to the trade deadline, because it takes a team that was going to, I don't know, maybe be the 12th, 11th seed in the West Mm -hmm. um, up to being a 8th, 7th seed. Because of how good those two are and how established they are in the league. So, yeah, I think, I think Denver's a perfect example where I sort of think that's the new blueprint for the NBA is you get your star and you develop them and you go and you stick to the commitment and Jokic and Murray were together for a while, won the championship. I sort of feel like this is the right stepping move to build a culture for your young guy, like Scoot Henderson, like Anthony Simons, like Shaden Sharp, this only gets that rolling and establishing culture, which is one of the most important things in the NBA as of right now. And it's not like they got two guys that are out of their prime either. Like Drew mm-hmm. Holiday and, well, be, I guess I'd say before Kevin Durant came, uh, Drew Holiday and DeAndre in the past couple years have probably performed the best that they have in the league. So you're not getting two guys like a James Harden that are out there that are out there prime. So it's not I mean you're trading for veterans, but you're also trading for guys that can produce at a high yeah. level. DeAndre Ayton is 25, so I think he'll sort of be entering his physical prime now and sort of be there for the next five years. Drew Holiday is old. I think he's even brought up about potential uh retiring after this current deal. He'd be a free agent uh, after next season, but I don't I still I think the positives of of culture setting outweigh Yeah. His potential. And if you can, if you can wait out his contract and if he wants to move on after who cares, he's giving a lot of experience to two mm-hmm. great young guards, uh, Shane Sharp, not really being a guard, but you, you get it. Um, si- Simons and, um, Scoot Henderson are, uh, and then what about, we got Phoenix who gets Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little and Keon Johnson. I love, I love Grayson Allen going to, Phoenix because mm-hmm. is he not a Chris Paul? Like, is he not a younger Chris Paul? Um, obviously not 
a star like Chris Paul was, especially yeah. in his prime. Obviously won't be – well, we don't think will be a Hall of Famer, but doesn't he play just like Chris Paul? Great facilitator, can finish at the rim, and a great defender because we haven't seen a great defensive guard like Chris Paul. I'd say John Morant and Anthony Edwards are kind of like that, and Marcus Smart, but Chris Paul is a great defender, and you're getting that in Grayson Allen, just younger. I really like – I think he's very comparative to a Bruce Brown light. I mean, don't don't shy on Grayson Allen's athleticism. He is – I think he had a 40-plus inch vertical at, at his combine. But I think he's a, a utility guy that can do everything at a moderate to almost above good level, at literally everything. And so I think he's going to be a great glue guy. I gave the Suns a C-plus, though, because I just don't – Although I do like the culture of, of Grayson Allen, I think there may have been better options out there for a, for an Aiden trade. I feel like, I mean, I know that, oh, who was the guy they got from Portland? Nasir Little. I feel like he'll play for sure. Uh, Keon Johnson, I don't know if he'll play. He's a freak athlete too, but he hasn't, he's seen a little bit of time in Portland. But if you're not getting PT in Portland, you're not really going to get PT in the Suns. We've been waiting for Nasir to be the guy he was out of college, and he hasn't been. I mean, you never know. A solid role player. He could be. He could just be a body there. That's all. That's really all the Suns need at this point. And then Yusuf Nurkic, like I said, Frank Vogel came out and said he wanted a five that could anchor the defense. And I don't think that's what Nurkic is, but he is a guy that can set picks hard and can rebound the ball and and kick it out to any three of those guys. I almost argue it's better for the team. He's better for the team than Aiton where you're not getting a guy who needs the ball to be good. I think Aiton is better offensively than defensively, meaning he needed the ball, meaning before Kevin Durant came, he was a better player because he was able to get the ball more. Nurkic doesn't need the ball to be a solid center. Do you agree with that? Yeah, no, he definitely – I think he's going to come in and be a 9 to maybe 11-point type of player – and most of those points four point score, but if he's dishing most of well, I'm saying most of those points will just be offensive boards where he's right there and can put it back up. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen multiple times in the game because you have to get bodies on these shooters. Cause if yeah. any O boards, you have to get bodies out there. You get them in a one-on-one situation and maybe a mismatch where maybe a guards on him after an offensive rebound, he's strong enough to just two dribble power dribble to the, you know, the hole and throw it up. So I think you get, Probably single-digit points, hopefully double-digit rebounds. He used to be a double-double machine, but I don't think that's what he's going to need to be for this team. But he's definitely a solid role player. I just worry about the defense with that team at all. I like, do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we could talk Chargers. We could talk Vikings. Um, I'll talk that game all day. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I want to put myself through that. But Shout-out Mike Williams. RIP yeah, the ACL. I know tough. that game. I know that game. You know, I was watching that play, and I was like, holy shit, Mike Williams just got a concussion. Turned out to be – had nothing to do with the concussion. (laughs) Because he – if you watch the replay, he has had so fucking hard on that turf. that I was like, Mm -hmm. he just got concussed. And then he was going for his leg after. I was like, what's going on here? And then, sure enough, it's an ACL and not a concussion, which is is too bad. Yeah. Does I think it, that might be the end of him in, in L.A. Does it elevate? Um, we haven't seen much from Quinn Johnson, their no. first-round receiver. And it, I think he was more of a vertical 
threat in college and Mike Williams was that guy for LA. So I think it brings out just the best of Quinn Johnston. Hopefully. I mean, Kellen Moore has done a great job so far. I don't necessarily like how we performed in the clutchest of moments. So in our past two games, we went to overtime and almost overtime and we couldn't move the ball. We had uh, like in, the, in overtime against the Titans, we had a three and out and then the Titans drove the field and scored. Um, but oh, otherwise, Kellen, otherwise, yeah, otherwise Kellen Moore has done a really good job of moving the ball. We sort of use, utilize the short pass in terms of a run game last against you guys. I sure you saw a lot of short passes where you, you get time to read. I think that'll happen a lot. Hopefully Quentin Johnson. I really think Joshua Palmer is going to have to step up into a big role. He's a guy that we've had a third round pick out of Tennessee for the last few years. He's had a lot of time to grow in the system. And he's someone that if you're a nerd like me and you're watching the interviews of Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley, they're always preaching about this guy and his work ethic and his ability. So I think, I mean, expect Joshua Palmer to have a big impact and I expect Q to get a few more plays in there, a few more plays drawn up for him just out of necessity. I think he's going to bring that vertical threat that you can see from him because of Mike Williams being there. Obviously don't wish an injury upon someone, especially in ACL and Mike Williams is still a great player. He'll be missed, but I think it does open up for these younger guys, Joshua Palmer, like you said, um, and then Quinn Johnston. As for the Vikings, their lost cause, don't really need to talk about it. I thought they'd have six wins this season. That was being pretty generous. Have you heard um, any of this Kirk Cousins to the Jets news? Any of this buzz? I'm guessing all rumors. Yeah, just a rumor. Well, I'm just raw reaction right here. What do you happen. think about I don't I'm see it happening either, but what would you think about it? Fucking ship them. I really you don't. You want to ship them. Okay. A, because I thought this season was a lost cause anyways. We didn't mm-hmm. – we got significantly worse in the offseason. The guys on in media and my friends and family that are Vikings fans that were saying we are going to win this division again, if not be better than last season, I was like, give me whatever you're on. Because <laughs> we got rid of Delvin Cook and Adam mm-hmm. Thielen. One guy who is a workhorse of a running back and is a home run hitter just to be backed up and just to say, Hey, Alexander Masson, I know you couldn't do anything when you were a, when you were a starter. I know you didn't prove yourself to be even a great backup, but we're going to give you the reins. Let's see what you can do. And he's been just fucking awful. Like I predicted. <laughs> and then Adam Thielen. I mean, the guy who, took so much pressure and he wasn't as big of a loss as Delvin cook was for the run game because mm-hmm. we did draft Jordan Asson, which I wasn't, I, I knew he'd be a good player. Oh, USC, but I would rather have seen Kirk's replacement, especially at the great quarterback class, or maybe, I don't know, help the 32nd best defense in the league. last. <laughs> mm-hmm. And probably the worst, I haven't looked at the stats this year, but probably the worst defense in the league this year, when you have a cornerback, class that loaded as last year where it was eight to nine deep and you have edge rushers after edge rushers and there were guys on the clock that are really putting up good numbers um in their first three games for their teams i couldn't believe that they got jordan Asson and they got rid of am i mean am thielen wasn't asking for a lot and he's a guy that takes so much pressure off justin jefferson um whatever that's fine i didn't expect much if Kirk Cousins, if the rumor to New York, which I haven't heard much of, is true, please do it. Uh, ship it's just out. purely speculation. I doubt it'll happen. 
Well, one so, thing I would say, we could do a whole other episode on it because I'm big yeah. on the draft this year and big on college football this year. But this is might be a more stacked quarterback class. Coming oh, it is. Here. 100%. It's um, deep. Very it, deep. I think, Michael Penix Jr., Sam Hartman. I mean, there's yeah. the, the, guy, the guy out of Washington State. Um, oh, Cam Ward. Cam Ward's good. And this um, is just not mentioning Drake May or Caleb Williams, who are two Yeah, or uh, Jordan Travis. Yeah, well, that's how More I react about Sam Hartman because Sam Hartman's been—he's a seen. I'm not into Bo Nix and Sam Hartman, and whatever you can, be, you can be a good backup in the league. I'm not into guys that are 30 years old. It's still in college. Not I don't know. I think, I think there's signs of. And like I said, this is probably a topic for another video, but I think there's signs of, of experience and quarterbacks doing a lot for them in the pros. Let's talk about that on the other episode then. Um, and then we're, we also have to do a NBA preseason uh, preview episode before the season starts, which I believe is in late October, usually around uh, mm. Halloween time. Sounds good. So, all righty. Had to, had to do the emergency Damian Lillard, blockbuster. Sam's yeah. favorite player goes, links up with Giannis Antetokounmpo. NBA. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming on. NBA stays on top, uh, except not really because college is better. But that is episode number 45. Take it into the Max Sports Podcast with your host, Max Murphy, with Sam Ashley. Thanks for coming on.